Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to an exclusive Patreon episode of Game Shows, I Suppose. It's the niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, Game Shows, I Suppose. So as I'm recording this, I I finished recording the other shows, um, but this kind of fell in the wayside, uh, mostly because I don't think this can fill like a good amount of, of episodes, so I kind of scrapped this episode much like a few other episodes of, of, of the show, thinking, oh, well, whatever. But but maybe, you know, we'll put it for Patreon because that's the content. It's the content. That's the Jordan difference. Welcome to the content, the content zone with Jordan. Content, content, game shows, I suppose, content. On tonight's show, we are going to be talking about the game of high stakes, where every decision's a gamble, and every move can be your last. High Rollers! I just realized we played the theme song right at the beginning of the show, so none of this matters. Well, oh well. So, uh, this is based on a uh, game called Shut the Box. Have you ever heard of Shut the Box? Uh, sometimes it's known as Countdown. Essentially, you roll the dice, uh, a pair of dice, and you get to see numbers. For instance, uh, a 5 and a 6, which gives you 11. And now you see the numbers 1 through 9 on the board. Your job is to knock down those numbers. So, for instance, with 11, you can knock down 8 and 3. You can knock out 9 and 2. You can knock out 6, 4, and 1. Or any combination thereof to get a total that equals the number you rolled. Once a number has been knocked off the board, you can't roll a number and get it back. So once you knocked out a four and a one and a three, impossible to get a four. And that is a bad idea. High Rollers was based off this idea. And it started in 1974. And it was hosted by one of the most iconic game show hosts of all time. That's right. Alex Trebek. Oh yeah, this is an Alex Trebek game show. Everyone always goes like, oh, it's Jeopardy. But people forget that Trebek hosted a multitude of game shows, including Wizard of Odds and Pitfall. Today we're talking about High Rollers. Now, in this episode, there are going to be three versions of High Rollers we're talking about. The first two are Alex Trebek Helmed uh, High Rollers, the all-new High Rollers, and then later on the Wink Martindale 80s version, which a lot more people would know more about. So here's how it works. We're, this show debuted in NBC in the year 1974, and it was one of the high-stakes game shows before the world of high-stakes game shows, which I thought is very exciting. So here's how the show works. It's always played as two players, a 1v1 game. In Alex Trebek's version, we're starting with 74 to 76. Uh, this game is played with two players, a 1v1 game. Uh, you'll be ringing in to answer a question. If you're right, you get control of the dice, and you can roll it to knock out any of the nine numbers behind Alex Trebek. Uh, once a number's been knocked out, there's a prize behind any of the nine whittle numbers. I'm calling it the whittle numbers because there's big numbers at the end. But behind these whittle numbers are fantastic prizes. Anything from a watch to a television to a trip to China to half a car. To me, this was the first game show that I could think of that had half a car, and I know for a fact the game show fan will go, well, there's this game show and this game show and this game show. It came before it, but to me, High Rollers was the one that had the half car before 
the Wheel of Fortune took it from him. And kind of like concentration, once you roll the prize, it gets lit up and then arrow points to the player that has it. If you win the game, you collect all the prizes that you have won up to that point in the game. Now, you can win in one of two ways. One, you knock out all nine numbers. In other words, if the final number was a six, you got stuck with the dice and you rolled a six, you won the game. Alternatively, you can also win by sabotaging your opponent, by forcing them to roll, and there's a number that they cannot knock out. For instance, if there is a 1, a 4, and a 6, and they roll a 12, that is that is nearly impossible because that is an 11, and therefore, because only 11 is left, and you roll a 12, which means they lose the game. So like concentration, you won the toaster, the microwave, the kitchen stove, and the vinyl records, and $200, because that was like a prize. Cash is usually a prize on the high rollers board. But if there was no prizes won, let's suppose some guy was playing hot shot and just kept rolling and rolling and rolling, and then suddenly, bam, bam, lost. Well, that winner gets only $100, but we play the best two out of three. Like most game shows that arrived in the 70s and 80s, you have to do a best two out of three. Why? Because you can probably fill in three games in one act, in one episode, with the four fact being the final round. Figured it out? I did. If you get a half car, you don't win half a car. You need both halves to win the car. Uh, one half is, not, is basically considered a moot prize. And in one version, they did something called, like, facelifters, where it was just like, hey, we knock out the numbers on the grid, and you have to identify the person to win. But I don't... We'll throw that rule out. We're going to ignore the facelifters at all costs, because to me, it should be just this risk-reward system of knocking out the numbers one through nine. Now, in this version, there were prizes behind each of those nine numbers, and that was very fun. And... Now, in this game, it was two out of three wins. The winner stays. The other one is out. Uh, they get to play the big numbers. In the syndicated run, it was basically a one-and-done game. You win the game, you go on to the big numbers. If you don't, oh well. Uh, personally, either or works for me. I, I'm not picky. Syndicated version offered a lot better prizes, though, like really expensive prizes versus the daytime show, which was more famous for Trebek. But either way, whoever wins the knock-out-the-numbers game, either by clearing all nine numbers or forcing their opponent to roll a bad number, goes on to the final round. The final round's called the big numbers. We had the little numbers, now we have the big numbers. The big numbers is exactly what it says. It's the numbers one through nine, big, giant, like five feet tall numbers scattered one through nine. And instead of getting regular ass dice that are white with the little, little black pips, they get wonderful golden dice. And this golden die is really neat because whatever they knock in, they get to knock out. So it basically is a solo version of Shut the Box. For every number that they knock out, they get $100. But if they were ever successful in knocking out all nine numbers... They would get $10,000 instead, which was big money in 1970. That is like $50,000 American today. Judging by the Jordan rule of $5,000 is $25,000 on match games, so makes sense. If this is $10,000, it's $50,000. 
and this show would be on the air uh, for a long time, namely till 1976. At this time, I should probably take a small break here. Yeah, the show ended. The creators of this game were a pair by the name of Merrill Heater and Bob Quigley. Um, many people may not know who these people are, but this is fascinating. Bob Quigley is the producer behind the Hollywood Squares, uh, the original Funny You Should Ask, the Storybook Squares kids game. Uh, he produced a episode of Video Village and an episode of Shenanigans uh, and Magnificent Marble Machine, which was a game based on pinball. The partner was Merrill Heater. Merrill Heater is very fascinating because, yeah, uh, there was a lot of game shows in his part, too. Video Village, which is one of my favorite game shows, too, uh, is one of them. He worked with, with Bob on that one, and it basically was a board game. And this it was the 1950s, and then the quiz show scandals hit with 21 and Jack Barry. Uh, and they decided to keep uh, Video Village because essentially it was just dumb luck. You're just rolling a die. You're not really answering trivia questions. So they that actually survived the uh, this quiz show scandals of the 50s for a while. And hosted by Monty Hall. 70s, you had Gambit and, of course, High Rollers. But one other thing that you should point out here, I should point this out, is Meryl Heater Productions, yeah, they made All-Star Blitz and, and Battle Stars and Catch-21, which is just Gambit. Uh, they all he He's also the mind behind the cartoon <laughs> The Wacky Races. Of course, the idea was there was going to be a game show. Uh, where it was supposed to be a, a game show element based on the wacky races and odds and probability. That whole thing got scratched and it just became a Hanna-Barbera game show with wacky people doing a wacky race. So yes, Trebek had a show for three years in the 70s and it was okay. Uh, it was shut the box. People enjoyed it. Uh, and it unfortunately came to an end uh but the thing was i love the set of that version because it had this very extravagant uh was a a chandelier and there's a very funny blooper where the chandelier crashes into the model <laughs> on the show which i think was elaine at the time elaine stewart who was uh many people will know is, is uh meryl heater's wife so imagine that great blooper. Your wife gets crushed by a chandelier. Luckily, she was okay. Uh, not even a cut on her, but it was very scary to everybody to see this big fancy chandelier just crash down on a lady and smash her. I'm re-looking at the video right now. It was apparently Ruta Lee instead of Meryl. So Ruta was the daytime model. Uh, and she was a very, she, I will tell you right now, she was one of the funniest women in daytime that I kind of laugh and even though she was she got bonked on the head she was playing it up and it was funny because she was a uh, she wore it was on the Burns and Gracie Allen show for for a while as a guest uh and is one of those few people that has a star on the walk of fame in 2006 uh and was one of the funniest uh women I've ever seen and I believe she's still working in Hollywood if I'm not mistaken Ruta so I, I just want to just point out how funny uh, it was. It was like the 4th of July special. But the show lasted three years and then came to an end, which, you know, is bad. No no one likes to see a game show end. I, neither do I. Unless, of course, the show sucked. Uh, but High Rollers really wasn't that bad. 
Uh, and I will tell you right now, Trebek was very casual on the show. You know how on uh, on a lot of shows we always talk about Trebek being like a casual guy, like on Classic Concentration with sweaters? No, this was like peak, like Trebek being like, it was 70s. He had a fro. What up, baby? Let's just roll them die. We got to see her. We got hope of five is right over there. <laughs> just, just pure fun. So when the show came back, it wasn't really like, like, a decade ago like a lot of reboots you know hey this show is popular in the 70s let's bring it back no it was literally just two years just two years in this version this is where it gets fun so high rollers when it goes and becomes the all new high rollers is what i would say is modern high rollers the high rollers that everyone knows about so uh in this new version of the show there are three columns now on the screen. It's no longer will numbers one through nine with little prizes. There's three displayed columns. And randomly, before the game was selected, the numbers one through nine was shuffled and put into e and, and split into three columns. So you'll see one, seven, and four in column one, five, nine, and three in column two, and then two, six, and eight in column three. And usually, typically, one of those columns is able to be rolled on one pair of dice, usually 11 or a 12, and that's called a hot column. Hot columns are very impressive because, hey, one roll of die, you can win a prize. So in this version of the show, uh, it was basically like little progressive jackpots in each of the columns, a blue column, a yellow column, and a red column. The colors have nothing to do with the wealth of the game because one could have the antique desk, but the other can have a grandfather clock. But then the other could have like a trip to Spain for all we know. And it just is, it's always randomized. If that column is not won in that game, a new prize is added to it, bringing it to two prizes and then three and then four and finally five. If there's ever five prizes in each of the three columns, that's called a full house. And yes, that means thousands and thousands of prizes could be at stake. So the prizes in this version, yeah, I, like I said, typical game show for like televisions and skis and rollerblades, but I they were bizarre prizes. This is a show where I would say it felt like I was watching old colon prices right because these prices were a bit weird. Uh, they had a uh, fifty-two. KFC dinners for a year because at the time you gotta think late in 70s KFC's buzz was growing at the time whoa fancy chicken dinners from Kentucky Fried Chicken uh you had portable televisions 12 of them one for you and one for 11 of your friends uh musical dolls rocking chairs uh a giant ancient Chinese fishbowl which was worth ten thousand dollars because it was unique uh a home aquarium complete with exotic fish and one that I remember, which thankfully was put on the fandom, a trip to the Kentucky Derby, which is great. But now we're going to put $100 bets on each of the horses on the Kentucky Derby. So no matter what, you're a winner. What? <laughs> and it's played exactly like uh, the regular high rollers. You buzz in. If you get answer correct, you get control of the dice. Uh, if you can line up a column and knock it out, you win the prizes attached if you win the game. You can either win by knocking out all nine numbers or by forcing your opponent to roll a bad roll, in which case you win. 
So the second version, this all-new uh, version of High Rollers, the all-new High Rollers, it had a lot of fascinating prizes and interesting columns and weird prizes. And Trebek had pretty much loved to make fun of some of these outrageous prizes and go, wow, I can't wait to have that in my house. Wouldn't you like to see that in your house? If you get the column, you win the prize. And I'm not... And I would say this was probably the closest I've ever seen to a quote-unquote drunk Trebek. Because this was to the point of, this was such a laid-back host, I bet he was drunk on a few tapings and just had fun with this. Because there was ones where he's just looking at the board and going, I think it's going to be the middle one. The middle one's going to be the hot column. Light it up! Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
And it was basically, can you beat a monkey in rolling a pair of dice? If your money is, if your dice is higher than the monkey, uh, you get a trip and a thousand in traveler's checks. But most of the time, it was just roll a single die, and it's one of six. And if it's like the six, you win, and that's like a trip around the world. Or once it was just roll the die, and it's like a thousand dollars times whatever you roll. If it's six, it's ten thousand dollars. It's always little mini games like that that were kind of good padding for the game, and kind of added more as a, as a different kind of prize than than just the normal flair of a game show. Uh, but what I liked most about this version of High Rollers was that theme song. Well, the original one was like jazzy in Vegas. This one was slapping good. This is feel-good, high-stakes game show. This felt game showy, game show theme. Da 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 Sometimes the big numbers were played for a brand new car, but most of the time it was at $10,000. In this version of High Rollers, hosted by Wink Martindale, it was two out of three wins, much like the original High Rollers, and the winners go on to the big numbers, much like the original High Rollers, but it's played with the columns format, but it was only with one prize. This time around, because it was all it was the late 80s and technology reigned its course to the point where you can have computer graphics, it made for a real technological savvy yet cartoony game. And this is one of those few play- times where I can actually take a break from just talking about the game. Because while you buzz in and had a really cool like... This version of High Rollers... It was also one of the few uh, DOS games I played as a kid. Now, the weird thing is, and this is where I, I, this is the, I, I lost my, I don't know the brain, is when I was a kid, Card Sharks and Family Feud and Concentration were the three I knew because I've watched those shows and it was on USA Network and oh, that's cool. High Rollers, I never actually got to see until like Break.com, YouTube, digital whatever's uh existed and it got me thinking this is actually a really really fascinating game show uh of course the first version was of course wink martin now and then we go into the trebek era of, of game shows but the big numbers version with wink martindale it felt more big if that makes sense so when you get to that big numbers you get the golden dice and insurance markers which i don't know if that was in the trebek era it probably was but it made for a better strategy to the game so in this version of high rollers if you roll a double which is pair of ones pair of twos pair of threes fours fives or sixes you'll be getting this delightful sound it's like and then you'll get this little piece of plastic that's a square that's an insurance marker which means if you make any bad roll, you just hand over the insurance marker and you're safe, which is good for strategy. It's very important in the main game because you win your game, you win your prizes, but it's more important in the big numbers because if you get insurance markers in the big numbers, that's the better roll you have of winning the game. And it's best two out of three wins to go to the big numbers, and you can actually play up to five games before they retire you. Classic game show rule. Five-day winner. But High Rollers was 
big in in not just the the, the show itself it was because the syndicated version 97 to 87 88 this this new Mar- wink martindale version had a dos game that i played and i remember buzzing in answers a really creepy wink martindale let's stare at you with the big dice that's on the cover of the box um this was like the battle the late 80s game show revival was kind of like the last hoorah for game shows you gotta think like wheel of fortune jeopardy are big uh we should try and get ray combs family feud back um but because the 80s was a big war of game shows and a lot of them got canceled also you also saw a big syndicated bust at the process because game shows were kind of like okay there's like a dozen game shows in the 80s which one do you want to watch Wheel, Jeopardy, uh, uh, Press Your Luck. I don't think Press Your Luck because that was CBS daytime. But syndicated market, which one would you pick? Wheel and Jeopardy, more likely. So they kept pushing all of the other syndicate game shows off. And uh, so at this point, most people should know, syndicated game shows are weird. So a syndicated show is essentially you own a network. And let's just say it's a, a regular channel. You have a channel 2, a 4, a 7, 9, 13, 11, whatever. Uh, and you get ABC or CBS or Fox or NBC. Pick any of your favorites. For this sake, we'll say NBC. You own NBC, bing, bing, bing. And NBC is gladly giving you a lot of network game shows. You're getting, uh, you're getting all of our daytime shows. You're getting the Today Show. You're getting our late night at right eight o'clock. You're getting must see TV. You're getting all of our great sitcoms and dramas. And you, you now have an afternoon to fill. You can have something in the afternoon or something really late at night, right after Carson, right after Jay Leno, whatever. So you you get through, uh, you get maybe like two, three hours. So every single time, because you are NBC Network Television and an own and operate station in your hometown, people are knocking on your door. Hi, are you interested in buying the People's Court? Hi, how's it going? We have a new daytime talk show starring Sally Jesse Raphael. Hi, here's this new game show from Merv Griffin called Let's Play Crossword. It's just knock and knock and knock on the door. Uh, and you are a local station. You don't know what to buy, but they're telling you the values. Oh, we're cornered on market. So and so bought it. You should buy it too. You'll be in mainstream success. The, 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 all the pitches. For many people who bought game shows, they became bad investments, much like a talk show in, in today's society. Uh, you know, there's Ellen, and then there is what uh, Wendy Williams and the talk and uh, the, the 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 view, uh, the real. There's all these little talk shows, but some are great, and then some just go, and that's your Jerry O'Connells of the world. So High Rollers, even though it was in the mix of all these great game shows. For a couple of years, yeah, it's fine, but it started fizzling out. And now suddenly, if you want to watch High Rollers on NBC, it's on Monday through Friday at 2 a.m. And what? Then it just fizzled out and just crashed and burned and got canceled because of it. Now, 
That doesn't mean that the show necessarily uh, didn't get viewers. High Rollers would eventually be getting eyeballs in the form of USA Network uh, airing reruns uh, during the daytime in that game show block from the 80s to 90s, which I never saw, so I apparently missed out on High Rollers. What? But I know I loved this version of High Rollers, um, mostly because the questions were relatively easy. It's all multiple choice. Uh, very silly questions, and then pass or play. And of course, because it's pass or play, this is an 80s game show, the audience is screaming, play, pass, go for it, because you have to have the audience play or pass, talk about, I'm going to play, come on five, come on eight, come on 11, I want the car number six. And then once there is actually like a prize that's won by a player, and they get control. There's actually stakes in the game now. Hey, you currently have this fantastic trip to Sydney, Australia. That's worth $7,000. You can risk it and roll to get another prize, or do you want to pass it and get some prize? If they can, if they roll a three, the game is over. What would you like to do? A very simplistic version of Press Your Luck. Let's not kid ourselves. If Press Your Luck is the technological beep-boop-beep-boop, beep, High Rollers has that same high-stakes, high-risk, high-reward, but... It is played with just dice, which is all RNG based on rolls and probability. It, just imagine the bell curve of sevens, and then six to eights, then five through nines, uh, four through ten, three through eleven, two and twelve. Same odds. But the but the thing that made it work was like the little mini games, like hey, you want a car, but what car is based on what you roll, or what trip is based on what you roll. And that's fine. And some of the silly things were fun. Sometimes they just did all cash. And I thought that was actually also very cool. And to me, like, this is a classic, oh, and a, a classic game show in all its right terms. When you think of game show, you think of the, the light grid. You think of a buzzer. You, you think of a risk-reward element. High rollers had all of those things. You had to roll. You wanted to avoid a seven. Anything else is good. Although I think that's mathematically impossible unless you've knocked out the 6 and the 1 as well, and a 4 and 3, and a 2 and 5. So you just need an 8 or a 9. And along the way, of course, Wink, Marnell, and Elshabek will say, avoid this number, the good rolls are, and, 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 and help you out. To me, that is what makes the show tick. And, and all of these fun prizes, this happy-go-lucky music, to me... That is what High Rollers is. It's a very easygoing game show. It's a very casual game show, but with a strict high-stakes, high-rewards concept based on Shut the Box. So now I get to talk about what I would have done if I was to have a, a rebooted version of High Rollers. Because to me, I think given today's game show reboots that we see, there is room for High Rollers, especially when game shows like Joker's Wild were on the air with Snoop Dogg. Because High Rollers, you weed. That's, I'm funny. People say I'm funny. In this version of High Rollers, I kind of wanted it to look like a, a, a mix of like a Vegas nightclub. But like, you got to think like when you see like modern like casino ads, it's always nightlife. And it's purple plush, and it's very nightclub environment, little tables, little chairs. And what I did was I wanted it to look like a skyline and have a a, a slope audience uh, to make it look like ribbon. Um, 
and the ribbon is where all the people are on the stage. So the audience is on stage because you want to have the pass, play, move on, go, number four, three, to, to scream at the audience, to scream at the contestants. But I also had it so there is uh, three LED columns, like those light grids that you see in a lot of video of like TV shows, like things like Monday Night Raw or, or modern game shows, the, the LED light grid but they're presented as literal columns instead of just the giant square, if that makes sense. So there's three light columns, and they're right on stage. And those are the columns that the players have to knock out uh, to win a prize. And on the floor is a little digital LED light, so when you knock out, say, like the 2, the 4, and the 5, because you rolled an 11, uh, there's a digital, like, dissolve effect even though the column's still going to definitely be there, it's still physical, and it looks like it digitally dissolves into the table and then lights up on the back of the player's podium. So now you see the prize that they've won, kind of like on, uh, what's that joke, Take It All? The Take It All glass grid, but with better projections. Because holy shit, that show had bad projections. We talked about that show, like, I think the Christmas, the first year. Wow. All right, so... Uh, and it plays similar to high rollers. You buzz in on a question. If you're right, you get control. If you're wrong, your opponent gets control. The object is exactly like it was on high rollers and all of these versions. The aim of the game is to knock out all nine numbers. You can either win the game by knocking out all nine numbers or forcing your opponent to roll a bad roll, in which case if it happens, you win the game. Instead of doing a best two out of three, I want to open close this game as much as possible. So you got to go into a four act structure with the show. Uh, whoever wins game one goes on to the fine, the bonus round game two. play with the same two people play for game two. Each of the columns has one price and it's always unique and very flashy. So cars, trips, $20,000, big cash, Big trips, uh, pa packages. You got to think big packages worth anywhere between eight thousand and twenty-five thousand dollars. We will see if there can be Super Bowl tickets on this all-new version of High Rollers. Why? Like someone's gonna win a trip to Super Bowl on this. So you you knock out a column, you win the prize if you win the game. If not, oh well, you still get to play a bonus round and a chance to win some money. And it follows the Jordan rule of game show production, play with a quarter million dollars. So follow me on this. We play two games. We play a pair of games with a pair of players with a pair of dice. And the questions, of course, are relatively simple. We got to think, you know, music questions. We got to think TV trivia, pop culture, uh, silly sensibility questions, that kind of stuff. Ring in correctly, you get control, or you can pass it to your opponent. And here's where the new twist lies in the game. Also on the, in the set piece, while there's an audience ribbon, also right next to the audience is nine also LED pillars, but they're very small compared to the giant columns that you just saw. And these are very skinny. I would say uh, little pillars, and they're all going to say what the good rolls are and bad rolls are uh, because there's nine columns it, it will easily display like good roll 
uh, two, three, four, seven, that kind of stuff. Bad roll, 11, 12. Follow me on that. So they roll the die, whatever it lands on. Okay, that's cleared off. Let's move on to the next question. When you win the game, uh, hey, celebration, we now go into the bonus round. The bonus round is a chance where you can win $100,000. Yes, I'm throwing money in this. Big money. Big money. The aim of this round is to knock out all nine numbers, but they're not called the big numbers anymore. I think the big numbers have run its course. They're now displayed on nine golden pillars. They're all lit up, one through nine. You got to topple down all nine numbers to win $100,000. But now, instead of just getting $100 a roll, we're not even doing $1,000 a roll. We're now going with the new modern game show trend. That's right, folks. You love it or loathe it. It's the prize tree. Your base amount is $1,000. That is yours, no matter what happens in this game for winning the game. Ha, I caught you. You were thinking like they're going to leave with nothing if they fail? No. They get 1000 bucks because they won a game. No matter what happens, if they win a prize or not win a prize, they get $1,000. It's just that way there's like a cover, like you want a thousand bucks. Like you got to go with something, right? What if you didn't win a prize in game one? Thousand bucks is yours lying in the bonus rounds. You're playing for a thousand. For every column you knock out, you go up the prize ladder. When there's two left, $50,000, and the top $100,000. You can get doubles, and doubles are insurance, and you can roll as many times as you like. But be careful. If you come up with a bad roll at any point during the game, you drop back down to $1,000. It'll be up to the player with nerves of steel if they want to keep on rolling or they want to walk away when that time comes. So it becomes, instead of, you know, a 50-50 gamble, imagine, like, uh, you knocked out all the numbers except for the number 7. You have $50,000. Do you want to risk $50,000 to roll a 7 in this game? If you do, you get $100,000. If you fail, you drop back down to $1,000. Of course, this could be any number, 6, 8, 9, 4, you name it. If you get stuck with the orphan one, the game automatically ends. It's not considered a bust. We just end it at the $50,000 level. If you walk away, let's find out. Give it a roll because you got to do that. Uh, oh, well, you could have had it. Oh, thank God you didn't. You would have dropped back down to 1000 but you're walking out here $25,000. That's great. Many people will say at this point it's moot that you would roll and knock out one column and walk away with $2,000 obviously but then again who walks away with like the thousand bucks on millionaire come on think think this through after that act two same players return for game two uh, with three new prizes uh and some more questions and this could mean that the winner of game one can have a second attempt at winning a hundred thousand dollars or it could be the other players a chance to finally get something out of the game and go for it. So because it's two games with the same two players, 
we're getting something unique to the show in which case two people can win one person can win and it's this uh high stakes game where you can win a hundred thousand dollars in the final round so now there's a little high stakes in high rollers by doing this uh one last thing i wanted to point out here is that there is no returning champions per episode so once two games are done that's our show join us next time with another player pair of contestants another pair of games and this pair of dice in this game of paradise that we like to call high rollers i mean they used to say the word skill strategy sabotage and these unpredictable dice i just kind of think you should just run with the pair pair of contestants a pair of games because we're playing two games per episode and a pair of physical dice in this paradise we like to call high rollers because it's looking like a tropical summer night at the casino that's what i'm aiming for if i wanted to do like a high rollers so it feels like a deal or no deal it feels high risk but at the same time it's very big money very silly questions and there's still that do you want to risk it do you want to roll it and you'll have the audience screaming stop roll because what if it's a three? Like, you want to walk away or do you want to risk it on a three? So, in conclusion, uh, High Rollers is a game that was a child of the 70s and the 80s. And at no point they really get remembered for what it was. A shut-the-box game that was played with high stakes and wonderful prizes even though it had plenty of home games and DOS games and childhood memories of mine, that it could easily be brought up similar to the Joker's Wild as that new big money game show with lucrative prizes and outrageous prizes and silly questions and uh, that same kind of audience play-along that was necessary in the original version and should be back in this newer version. Plus, if the name is High Rollers, feel free to get any of your favorite stoner-based comedians to host. Maybe Dave Franco. Maybe Seth Rogen. Maybe uh, Snoop Dogg again? I don't know. 420 Blaze It, folks. Ha-ha. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. So, at the end, I like High Rollers. It's one of my favorite uh, game shows. A very forgotten game show in many circles, but one that I enjoy nonetheless. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Exclusive Patreon episode. And until then, big smooch! Mwah!